Greetings and felicitations, fair citizens of podcast land. Welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is day 173 here in the Zen Room as we enter into episode 42. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the fluorescent Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. How are you tonight, Tommy? Fluorescent. Fluorescent. I feel it fluorescent. I feel poison gas. <laughs> so, yeah. That's how I feel. How are you? Doing quite well, actually. Okay. Yeah, no major complaints. All no, right. You know? No, everything's been good. Good. Yes, thank God for so that. So, how do we start this? All of a how sudden, do we start we're this? We're like in an awkward place. Well, I could tell you about, I could tell you about our first Twitter trolls that we had. No, that's not interesting. No, you don't want to hear about no, them? No, no, I don't want to hear about them. I guess you don't want to hear about the last of my gardening. I got all that done this past week. Now. Everything's in. It looks good. Well, everything got planted. We had like seedlings that I still had to plant. Okay, okay. You got them in the ground. We planted the sunflower seeds okay. and the uh, four o'clocks. Yep, the uh, yeah, four no, clocks no, no. going. Everything else, go ahead. So everything is planted now. Good for you. Yes, so I'm uh-huh. very, very happy about all of what that. What else you got? Well, I had some really good news that came up yesterday, then some really bad news that came up today. Oh, dear. Well, the good news is about Stonewall. It was announced that a visitor center dedicated to telling the story of the queer rights movement is going to open next door to the Stonewall Inn. It's going to be operated in partnership between a nonprofit and the National Park Service. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Yeah. They're having a groundbreaking for it on this Friday. What is there now? It's some storefront, I believe. Okay. So they're going to basically move into that storefront. Yeah, they're pushing some family out of the business. And... I'm, sure, I'm sure it's a closed storefront. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that... Getting it next to Stonewall was not an easy... I'm sure, yeah. They probably had to wait a few years. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. But, uh, yeah, so that's expected to open in the summer of 2024. Oh, they're going to get right on that. Yeah, they're going to get moving right on it. I think that's great. Okay. Right? All right, good for us. Yes. Yes, So that was some really good news. Then I got some really bad news today. That was... Thanks to a news tip from your friend Michelle. My friend Michelle. She's on it. Yes, she is. And thank heavens that she was. What did she tell you? Well, she told me about this vote that was taken last night at a meeting of the Smithtown Library Board of Trustees. Okay. It seems that there was a proposal to remove displays of all pride displays, including displays of books dealing with LGBTQ subject matter, from being on display in the children's section of all Smithtown Library buildings. How, how many buildings are we talking about? Uh, it's, uh, from what I've read, it's four buildings. Four buildings. Smith, Smith that's, a, that's a big library. Yeah. So this was a four to three vote. It was proposed by one of the board members named Marie Gergenti or Gergenti. Okay. So what, what beef flew up her ass? It, it, that's a good question. Like I said, she and two of the other ones who voted for this seem to be all recently elected from last year. They seem to have had the support of this right-wing group on Long Island called the Long Island Loud Majority. Okay. You know, a bunch of disgruntled conservatives who are now... Their goal is to, like, get involved in these school board elections and all these kind of local elections. Right, right. And take over and impose their agenda. That's what they do. And now this is part of their agenda, of course, is going after pride displays in in libraries. Uh, Okay. So they get people on the board of directors for libraries, and those boards of directors then decide that they don't want to have displays 
for Gay Pride Month in the children's section of the library. Yes. Okay. Uh, is the book that they would use on the display still available in the library? Well, the books that were put on display are all come from the library. So they are just no them... longer on this display area, I guess. Uh, oh, okay. So I guess if you're a questioning or curious student and you want to look for one of these books, I guess you'd have to start from scratch in the card catalog because now you can't see them on this display for the month. Okay. You know? So the library's been doing good enough to, like, stop pissing people off, I guess. Yeah, that's what it seems. Because like, like, like Google ain't well, like <laughs> I said, the library what, once, once Michelle brought this to my attention, I immediately posted it on my personal Facebook page. I then posted it on the Grumpy Old Game Men's Facebook page, their Twitter site. And I noticed after a while, the word seemed to spread and people were getting in touch with the library, you know, either through the site or through their phone number that is posted. So, and and, and before you know it, then there's two, there's two stories. There's one in Newsday and one in some other, other Long Island news site online okay. that had stories about it as well. Well, it's fucked up. So, it is fucked up. It's the only library in the nation that has done something like this. That's fucked up. Yeah, and in fact, today, the New York Library Association came out with a statement saying that the New York Library Association condemns the Smithtown Public Library Board of Trustees to remove all pride displays, in addition to removing all books of the same subject on display, from all children's sections and all Smithtown Library buildings. So the library stands alongside the LGBTQ community, especially our LGBTQ youth, who utilize libraries across the state as a refuge to foster their love of learning and of their authentic selves. Okay, so blah, blah, blah. But So what books are, are they using on the display? What did the display look like? Was it a disco ball with gay men dancing on a pole? Or no, like, from like, what I understand, the, the books that were on display are basically... Young adult books. Okay. Because I guess that's the, uh, you know, that's the age range you're appealing for. 8 to 12. I would probably say older, probably like early teens, 20s. Okay. Probably that age level. That's 12 to 15. From the books that I saw that they supposedly are on display, it's it's that age level. So it's not Mommy Has Two Daddies. No. It's not no. Gretchen Has Two Daddies. No. But it's not Fisting for Novices either. <laughs> no, it's not. Definitely not that. So it's age appropriate. It's, you know, it's appropriate. It's age appropriate the yeah. way the library handles any kind of display like this. Okay. I I mean, if of course they're going to make it age appropriate. I mean, that's just what's ridiculous about this whole thing. I'm asking because it seems like they it's can't. not like they're putting the book "The Joy of Gay Sex" out there. Here, kids, read this. You okay. know, that's not what they're doing here. Okay. You know, it's 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 a, it's. A, it's a, I, I'm at a loss for words right now. I, I see really that. I see that. I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it sit there for a second. It, but it, it doesn't it, happen. No, I know, right? It just makes me so angry. I read about this shit happening across the nation, and now I see it happening here on Long Island, which should I should not be surprised, boy. By like, we have the Proud Boys. I, I will tell you what. On the, you know, on wet in Western Nassau now on the South Shore. I am shocked as fuck that this is the first library in the in the country that has made a move like. Yeah. That blows my mind. The first public library, don't forget, we're talking about. We're not talking about school libraries or private, you know, school libraries. This is a public library we're talking about. Okay. So, you know, okay. So, yeah, this this is the first one to have something like this happen. I find that very difficult to believe. You know, some people think the world was white. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. But, yeah, so that's what's been going on. Like I said, I've been publicizing about that. I'm going to hopefully be following up on the story. Keep in the us days updated. ahead, 
You can follow on, tw- on Facebook and Twitter. I'll be following up on it without a doubt. Really? I have to fucking look it up? Can't you just call me? No. Right. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway. What's next? What's next? We now move on to our first segment. The dogs. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's time for some heavy petting. Um. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. If you insist. And of course, being now, we've now officially entered the summer as of yesterday. Yesterday was summer solstice. Did you know that? I balanced an egg. You did? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But as we now enter the summer and we bring our dogs outside more, there are two common pests now we have to worry about now, and that's fleas and ticks. Really? Patrick? Yes. Fleas and ticks? Fleas and ticks. God's sakes, man. Be civil. We're gay. <coughs> fleas and ticks are a concern. Oh, What's you your issue with t- fleas and ticks? It's bugs. It's dogs. We're gay. Where's the fun? <laughs> well, there is no fun. It can't always be fun. Sometimes you have to be practical about these things. Go ahead, tight ass. Couldn't get, couldn't get a needle out of your ass with a plier. That's how t- <laughs> But anyway, fleas... Did you know fleas can consume up to 15 times their own weight in blood? Whose blood? Oh, the, the dog's blood. Dog's blood. So they bite yes. the dog, they, they take out 15 times the weight of itself? Yes. How big is the normal flea? The fleas are very, very small. Oh, okay. But the, the female can lay up to 50 eggs per day. Oh, oh, oh dear. Yeah, How exactly. How do they have time to bite the dog? I don't know, but they do. No, but uh, no, seriously. Like, does the female need the male involved in any way in this, or does she just I, I'm lay not, there? I'm not familiar with the reproduction and sexual systems of fleas. Oh right, well, that's unfortunate. Because I have questions. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll do a podcast on bugs next. That one I might listen to. <laughs> That'll be the first episode. Fleas. The reproduction of fleas. Because if she can lay eggs 15 times a day, you understand what I'm saying? Well, uh, no, but they're laying up to 50 eggs per day. So it's not that they don't lay 15, they don't lay eggs 50 times per day. But it's every 50 day. eggs per day. Okay, so, okay. Well, that's a little better. Because then when, when Mr. Flea comes home, from a long day of biting my fucking dog, uh, she she has already delivered the eggs and is ready for the next batch. Okay. Okay. Trying to get my head around it. But for signs of fleas, you should look for, if you see dark specks in the fur, those are usually flea droppings. My dog is black. If you see white specks in the fur, those could be flea eggs. With white markings. Yes, but look also for excessive licking or scratching and look for scabs or any hot spots on the skin. Okay. To clean your dog of fleas, you can use regular dish shampoo or any dog shampoo. But to avoid the possibility of reinfection, you should use a medicated shampoo. Of course you should, because it's 400,000 ounces. <laughs> yeah, right. But like more than likely than not, if your dog has fleas, then more than likely your home has fleas. Oh, stop. Is there a similar rant you're going to do about ticks? Could be. Can we skip to that? No, not yet, because oh. we're not done with the fleas yet. Because, like I said, if, you're home, if your dog has fleas, your home probably has them too. And you sh- if there is an infestation, you should look in your carpets, and also any damp or humid areas. Those are their, fa- their favorite spots damp to reside humid. in. Yep. So why they choose my dog to live in? He's dry and dry. I don't know. You have to ask a flea. Clearly, I can't ask you. You brought fleas into my life, and now you won't answer any questions about them. Hello. <laughs> well, that's a familiar pattern. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, really. Really? 
Not with you. Not with you. Oh, you know, people who have introduced. I will do my utmost best to answer <laughs> all of your questions tonight. Now uh, I'm just. No, I'm and saying. you're going to be very sorry. Okay, hold on. First of all, Mr. Center of the Universe, I wasn't talking about you. It was when it was I, implied. It, it wasn't when I said that there are certain in, where where you're asking me. You brought something into my life and won't answer any questions about it. And I said that seems to be a pattern. Okay, I could see where you thought that was you. Yes, but I didn't mean you. I meant in my life. Oh, I am just part of the pattern. Then you, yes, you. But you're an important part because you made me realize that the pattern exists. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Well, I will do my very best to break that pattern for you. Don't bother you. No, no, I Don't insist bother. now. Yeah, of course you insist. Because now we're going to go move on to the next part of this topic, which is ticks. Ticks. Ticks are most commonly found on the head, ears, neck, and paws of is, a dog. Is there a reason for that? It's just the areas they go to. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't Maybe it's the, the skin is more thinner there in those areas, you know, to get through for the ticks? It might, it might be. The, I don't, the, the skin on the paws doesn't seem particularly thin to me. The ears I can understand. The nose I can understand. Although, ain't a dog going to let you anywhere near its nose. Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But to remove ticks from your dog, you should first of all wear a pair of gloves. You should grab the tick with tweezers from the side by its head close to the skin. You should pull the tick straight up. Do not twist it because you can leave parts of the tick inside. Not good cause infection. You never, if it's tough to get out, it could be. And don't squeeze the bloated belly or it'll pop and you don't want that to happen. I can't tell you how much I hate this. And then you have to wash the bite area and then, of course, you should keep your hands clean also. Is there but there are different kinds of ticks. You should wash the know? bite area with? Just soap and water should be sufficient. Soap and water. You don't need alcohol. You don't need mercurochrome. You don't need some no, kind of... I, have, I haven't seen anything like that, but if it, if soap and water is not sufficient, then I would suggest using okay. something stronger. Soap and water, clear the, clear the injury. Yes, exactly. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. But there are different kinds of ticks I discovered. Oh, There's well, one called see. the kennel tick or a brown dog tick that is found indoors. It's an indoor tick. But it only it's hits very brown unique. dogs. I don't know why it's called brown dog, but maybe because originally they found it mostly on brown dogs, but it's also called kennel tick. Now, my dog is black and white, but he has some brown in him. Okay. So. On his mustache. But I wouldn't worry about it. I don't think the ticks are saying, oh, that's a dog, that's a mixed color, we're not going to go for that. Okay. We're only going to go for the browns. I don't think the ticks discriminate like that. Yeah. Well, you know, because the ticks know. <laughs> I'm sure. There's industries about getting rid of ticks. Yes, I know. So they, they feel that sort of hate. Okay. They must. I'm sure they do. They must, as a community. There's also, which is common here in the northeast of the United States, the deer tick. And that can give Lyme disease both people and dogs. We hate this bitch. But there is a vaccine for dogs for Lyme disease. So not for people? Not for people. Four hundred dollars an ounce. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know whatever it <laughs> is. If it's for the dog, but actually, I had a I had a, a relative who had Lyme disease. Very painful. It's yeah. really very painful in I the understand. joints. I understand. Yeah, hard to diagnose because of how it affects you. Yeah, it could be any number of things. Yep. So it's hard to diagnose. Yeah, exactly. And then lastly, there is what they call the American dog tick. 
which can cause Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Now, I heard this is something about Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. And it makes you allergic to meat. I don't know. I've never heard that before. I heard something on NPR. Really? Okay. I, I'm not familiar with that. And I think it was Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever because they, they all these people get allergic to meat. People are like, what the fuck? And then they said, well, let's, what else is, like, how do... Find something else, and so they came to what else matches this geographic pattern because they noticed the pattern. It okay, so they laid it one over the other and found it to be exact. And it turned out that the Rocky Mountain, it, Rocky Mountain spotted, spotted fever, it, yeah, it may have been more east coast. Oh, wow, maybe Appalachian Mountain spotted, mm, it's possible, yeah, uh, some some shit anyway. Yeah, made you made you a bitch allergic to meat. Yep, could you imagine? But symptoms of a Tick bite or disease include loss of appetite, fever, swollen, swollen lymph nodes, joint swelling, and pain. Are you talking about me or the dog now? It doesn't really specify. I mean, do, I dogs, do dogs have lymph nodes? I, if they do, I don't know where to find <laughs> I them. I didn't write that part down. That I was wrote down be, the symptoms. See, that was going to be my question. <laughs> where is the dog lymph nodes? Let's find out. Do dogs have lymph nodes? Oh, God. I can't believe how you're taking the... It's extending our first this thing. <laughs> fleas and tick. You know what? When I was a kid, we used to put, like, the heart fucking fleas and tick collar around the dog. Well, okay? that was my next topic was going on to... The best bet is to get a decent collar for your dog, a flea or tick collar. The treatment. All right. So, yeah. Pickering spent his whole life being treated... With that stuff that I used to have to yes, buy. Yes, dogs hand. have lymph nodes. Okay, thank God. They regulate dogs' immune functions. Is it uh, that it must be a mammalian feature? I guess so. Okay. Yes. So what I'm saying is, Pickering spent his whole life being. Uh, I, I used to use the stuff you squeeze. You have to part his hair and squeeze it on right. his back between his shoulder blades, and he was fine. And then all of, now they have this new discovery with this flea collar. This flea collar is the most amazing thing in the world. So I'm like, oh shit. I got a puppy. So right. I'm now, and for him, for this dog, I've been using that flea cop. Okay. Uh, and I ain't saying the name bitch because you ain't paying me no money. I know, right? Me too. But if you want to, if you want to. I use a good brand one. You know, we pay a good yeah, thing for I it. Yeah, pay enough. It lasts eight months. A long and then time. I re, then I change it to the new one. That's but right. It seems to work very, very well. It's been great. But from what I understand, there's a certain brand. There are, there are imitators online. Okay, I saw I do have And people are getting ripped off by it, so they really should be careful. I, I, would, I would suggest going through the pet product providers mm, for it. Amazon. You know? Well, Amazon, too. Amazon, I go protect you from all that shit. Yeah. They got you. No, I, um, yeah, that's what I do. And it's Yeah, you need a good flea tick collar for you your need, dog. And it's easy. Yeah. Anyway, I think this concludes our segment tonight on heavy petting. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. Yes. A very happy birthday. It's that time for today's birthdays. It's the many happy returns that offends me. <laughs> and why is that offensive to you? Okay, so so how many of these people that you're about to torture me with yes. will have returns whether happy or not, and whether there be a lot of them or not. Well, there are a few birthday celebrants. Only one of them is deceased. Okay. Only one. We're going to do that one first. Okay, so many happy returns in his or her uh, stead. Yes. I am offended. <laughs> Get over it. Yeah, you're... you're okay. Who is it? This person, he was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana, June 22nd, 1922. Abraham Lincoln. Nope. He began drawing sketches of Hollywood-inspired fashions, 
and at the age of 15 was sewing and selling evening gowns for $25 to a New York manufacturer. Calvin Klein. Nope. You're on the right track, though. Go ahead. At 17, he moved to Manhattan to study fashion. He enlisted in the Army in 1943 and served in a camouflage unit. After of the course war, he did. After the war, he was hired as an assistant to Anne Klein, who later fired him for having no talent. Oh, dear. In 1959, he joined the fashion house Morris Rentner Limited, which he bought himself out in 1970 and renamed after himself. In 1967, he was the first American couture fashion designer to start a menswear line. I'm asking, is it like Oscar de la Renta? Could it, like... Or is he obviously French? Or no, he's obviously... Amer he, he's American. Oscar de la Renta? Nope. This guy. This guy is so American. These are the names that is coming up. To, I, I'm also thinking did he designed the Jackie the Jackie O things. He designed for Jackie. He designed for one of the first ladies anyway. Well, he designed for quite a few of the high society Washington establishment ladies. Okay, so he, he's not known for being necessarily. But he's probably more known today, probably for his men's fashion. Believe it or not. Okay. His name is Bill Blass. Bill Blass. Yes. I had no idea. Yep. I would never have guessed that. And after he bought um, the company and renamed it Bill Blass Limited, he expanded his line to include swimwear, furs, luggage, perfume, and chocolate. He is largely credited with creating the relaxed, elegant look of American fashion favored in the late 20th century. Okay. Among his quotes, he says, are, uh, the sense of li the secret of living is not staying too long. I have learned when to leave the party. He also said, when in doubt, wear red. I like that. And lastly, simplicity is the soul of modern elegance. Uh, okay. And in 1999, he sold... I can see that, too. He sold uh, Bill Blast Limited for $50 million and retired to Connecticut. And he died from throat cancer in 2002. Okay. When did he sell the company? In 1999. And it was only... I'm sorry, to give me the price again. $50 million. That doesn't seem like a lot of money for 1999. $50 million. Well, I don't know what the company was worth. You know, maybe well, it was, clearly you know. it was worth $50 million. Because yes. that's what he got for it. Like, obviously. Uh, it just doesn't seem like a whole lot of money for somebody. But he, he actually had quite a sizable estate, especially in an art collection, which he donated to the uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art. Okay. But the people who bought Bill Blass out were looking to use Bill Blass's name. Yes. And not necessarily his art collection. Correct. Okay. Okay. I have nothing to say about Bill Blast. I couldn't identify a Bill Blast dress if it was worn by a 400-pound man with a hairy back. I, there's no way I well, can... I hope it doesn't come to that. Does he, does he do shoes, Bill Blast? I don't know if he does shoes. Well, he Probably. Does... It wouldn't surprise me. Well, no. Like, again, he licenses his name out to fucking sell perfume. What the fuck does he know about perfume? He's uh, gay. Of course he must know about perfume. Oh, okay. So That's why we are celebrating his birthday, ya putz. What's your next birthday stereotype? Well, to Bill Blast, we say... Happy birthday! Many happy... Ha, <laughs> Sorry. We now move on to our next birthday celebrant. She is not necessarily gay, but a friend of the community. She was born in Brooklyn, June 22nd, 1953, and grew up in Ozone Park. She started her first band in the early 80s called Blue Angel. They released one album. What's her name? Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper is correct. I love this bitch. In 1983, she released her first solo album, She's So Unusual. Great Which album. included her first hit single, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Yeah, she was such an important part of that 80s. Yes, yeah, she was. She revolutionized music for women in the early 80s. She was. She really she did. She was such a big deal. 
And I mean, she had like five or six songs, just hit songs, just from that album alone. It, it was that album was really. She had a hit song, or the song about masturbation. Yeah, she yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and she was so strange. She was just so weird. She's so unusual. She's so unusual. <laughs> and she wrote a great fucking score. Mm-hmm. She wrote that fucking score, and it's a well. Great... Yes, we're talking about Kinky Boots. For which she won the Tony for Best Original Score in 2013. It was really well done. Yeah. She's also won, she also won a, a Grammy for Kinky Boots. And she also won it in 1985 for Best New Artist. And she won an Emmy for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series for an episode of the 1995 show Mad About You. Oh, I used, Polarizer to, and Hell I used to love that show. Yeah, she was, she was on a couple episodes of that. Mad, Mad About You. She's been inducted into the Hollywood Walk of Fame and the Songwriters Hall of Fame. She's a hell of a songwriter. She's a great songwriter. She's a hell she of really a is. She's also been a longtime advocate for queer causes. Well... Her song "True Colors" is a, is a is an anthem now for the community, you know. And she's just an amazing ally, amazing singer. Icon. She's an icon. She's a person, and and she has that New York accent that even New Yorkers cringe at. Yes, right. That's Which, the truth. And uh, what's her name? Rosie Perez? Not Rosie Perez. Yes, Rosie Perez. But that's not. Uh, my heart's a tick. My my clock's ticking here. Who that? Who the fuck was that? Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. You know, that very <laughs> New York sound. Sound. Yes, let's go with sound. But anyway, to Sydney Lauper, we say... Happy I'm fully on board with this one. I'm glad you approve of that one. I'm still pissed off about the last guy, but... The next one, I'm not sure if you'll know his name, but I know you'll know his music. He was born today, 1961, in Glasgow, Scotland. Okay, stop. Yep. Tell me why. Yes. Do you know his name, though? I'm going with Terrence, but that can't be. I know it's not right. I'll go on some more. He moved to London in 1980, immersed immersed himself in the gay scene there. In 1983, he co-founded the group Bronsky Beat. I used to love that. The biggest hit, of course, was the song Small Town Boy. And the song which you just sang, which is Why, which is one of my favorite songs. In 1985, he formed the band The Communards. Their biggest hits included remakes of the song Don't Leave Me This Way. Don't leave me uh, this way. Yeah. (laughs) And also the remake of Sylvester's You Make Me Feel Mighty Real, which I love. Okay, I'm not sure I know that one, but uh, yeah. His name is Jimmy Somerville. Somerville. Yep. And the most incredible falsetto voice I've heard. Yeah, oh, Jesus. In a long time. Yeah, a real rock falsetto. And, and yeah. He, he had... Uh, I still don't know how that album got Age of Consent. I still remember feeling like I was doing something wrong. Listening or looking Listening at that album. To, or that it was a fail. Like, I remember... I was in, the, I was in the closet. Was I, was still in the, I was still in the closet when his music, when all this music came out. Okay, yeah. So and this was like a saving grace for me to hear this music. Yeah, know? no, I was I was never really in the closet. But yeah, but you couldn't be seen like you know looking at the album, looking or at like it. buying it or anything like there that. There are a couple you know? of just based on the album covers. But that album, that album, you couldn't. That album was like yeah. you had to do everything about that album privately. Yeah, exactly. I know, I, and I, I love that. I, 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 it's a great I, album. I like that. I, I was very into that electronic Thompson Twins. Yeah, the whole synth pop sound. I, I, yeah, I, I was very. That was into great that. part and, of the eighties. You but know, the, the Bronski beat. I was like, fuck, what, what? Yeah, that's why the song "Why" really like oh, a special, to this special meaning to me. Really Jimmy does. Somerville was his name. Jimmy Somerville. Yep, oh, still oh. singing. 
His, he recorded his last album in 2015, but I think he still records other things occasionally as well. I bet bitch don't sing as high anymore. Oh, no, he still does. Does I, he really? There was some, there's some video, someone was performing uh, one of his songs on the street, you know, playing for coins or whatever. Okay. And before you know it, Jimmy Somerville walks up no and starts singing along with him. Oh, wow. It was right. fucking great. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, happy birthday, Jim. Yes, to Jimmy Somerville, we say... Happy birthday! Okay, let me ask you this. Yes. Can we, at the end, one yes. of those hold your applause till the end mm-hmm. moments, say, and by we, of course, I mean you, yes. say, and to all of today's birthday celebrants, we say... I'll think about it. And then play the fucking chorus from I'll Annie. think about it. It all depends how much you annoy me, then I want to annoy you back. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I gave you a perfectly decent <laughs> suggestion. Now it is time for Today in History. Today is actually a pretty gay day in history between the birthdays and what's coming up today. Well, uh, what's today's June 22nd? June 22nd. And do you know what happened today on June 22nd in 1969? Did Judy Garland die? That is absolutely correct. And then the next day... She died of a barbiturate overdose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just two weeks after her 47th birthday. Yeah, yeah. And and this was in her home in London. Yeah. They flew her... um, Her husband at the time, Mickey Dean, flew her body back to New York. 20,000 people paid their respects. I have a feeling if you want to make Liza and Lorna's, like, the top of their head explode, Mm -hmm. you just say Mickey Dean's. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I don't. I'm guessing. I'm imagining. I know. I'm, 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 I'm just reading the history of what's going on. Of course here. you are, because that's what you do. And at the funeral, James Mason delivered the eulogy. I did not know that. Uh, I did. He started. He started opposite her in a Star is Born, which to me is her greatest film role ever. Nothing even even greater than Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. I think she's fantastic in a Star Is Born. Okay. Just for the scene of the man who got away. Yeah. The, I think that's the greatest film music performance ever. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. I think, well, I think Judy was the greatest performer of the 20th century, so. You would have to, you would have to, mm, not the performer. Singer? No. 20th century? 20th no. century, yeah, I Absolutely would. Absolutely not. I would. Ella Fitzgerald. No, no, Judy was better. <laughs> Judy was better. You're, now you're just being the obstinate lawyer. Judy had a hell of a voice. Oh, she absolutely did. She yeah. absolutely That's did. what I mean. She had a hell of a voice. Uh, she in her five-note range, but performing. Oh, she had more than a five-note Come per- on. Performing Clang 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 went the trolley. That whole movie, awesome. Judy at Carnegie Hall. Oh, listen to that album. Now wait, who the is it that best does it? live concert album ever? That I will agree with. Yeah, who is it that does it? That does the album? Like oh, oh my that's God, uh, doing it like it's tonight. A, it's a gay musician, Rufus Wainwright. Rufus Wainwright. Yes, he did the he recreated the whole album. I think or or most of it anyway. I want to know how I came up with the name Rufus Wainwright. That's stunning to me right now that I came up with his name. Anyway, <laughs> I, is it him? Yeah, I think he does that concert live. Yes. On this anniversary every year. Uh, or okay. I may have made that last yeah, yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you did. He had a tour of it when he had, when he had, when he released the album. Okay. But yeah, so yeah, that was uh, yeah, yeah, back yeah, in yeah. 1969. Giant history. Right? And what happened on and, July 22nd at night? <laughs> like the next one. Well, that's a whole, that's a whole other story. But wait, hold on. Do you, yeah. How much credence do you give the idea that they were just, the queens in Stonewall were just in mourning and had had enough and they, it was, it was. I think it's just, I mean, most historians poo-poo that idea. I think it's just one more factor to consider in the atmosphere at that time. 
you know? It's just one more factor that played into the events that led up to the night of the, of the initial Stonewall riot. You cannot ignore her significance to those men. Of course not. Definitely, you can't ignore that. Definitely not. But don't forget, this was, the, 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 the Stonewall riot happened a few days I think after the wake or funeral, whatever. Yes, yeah, it was definitely. It, it was, wasn't like it was the same day as the wake or the funeral. I think know? it was the. I think it was the night of the funeral, honey. I think it was I the night know. of the funeral. I don't know, but I don't think it was that close. But regardless, well, there should be in the next day or two. There should be. Oh, but well, we won't be together till next week. Yeah, well, we're back here next Wednesday on the 29th. and by then she would have been dead and buried. Yep. All right, so today Judy Garland died 49 yes. years ago, 50 years ago? That was 1969. Matlovich. Yes. No. He died on this day of complications from HIV slash AIDS. He was a Vietnam War veteran, race relations instructor, recipient of the Purple Heart and Bronze Star. But once they found out he was gay, they tossed him out of the army. And why do I not know who this person is? I don't know. I'm surprised you don't know. I don't know who this person is. But his tombstone, meant to be a memorial to all gay veterans, does not even bear his name. It reads, When I was in the military, they gave me a medal for killing two men and a discharge for loving one. Bam! Mic drop. He's buried in the cemetery in Washington, D.C., in the same row as FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. Well, that can't be the coincidence. <laughs> Yeah, it's so a shame. yeah, two sad deaths on, this, yeah, on this day. It's a shame I don't know who that is. Well, I'm surprised you never heard of him before. Never heard of him. But yeah, so that's it for today in history. We now move on to. What day is it? Could you play it tell me? What day is it? I'm confused That is my favorite intro. I'm glad you approve of that. I do. It makes me dance. <laughs> Well, since you were such a big fan of World Oceans Day, and what was the other one we had before that? Oh, yes, Global Wind Day. Yeah, oh, that was just stupid. (laughs) What is this one? Today is World Rainforest Day. Oh. Did you know that 20% of the oxygen we breathe and the fresh water we drink is attributed to the rainforest of the Amazon? I do know that. You did. Did you know that they absorb carbon dioxide and stabilize climate patterns? In huge number. And they are home to half of the world's plant and animal species. It would be a shame if anything happened to the Amazon. Well, unfortunately, about every day, or I should say, an area the size of 40 football fields is lost every minute of every day. To logging. Yep. Yeah. Terrible. Birds misplaced little creatures. It's going uh, to uh, well, yeah. it's going to put the world ecosystem. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. You know? Eventually, but we'll be dead. I'm talking <laughs> like dead, and it's been going on for decades. Right this now. is nothing new. I mean, it's it's the biggest collection of trees on the planet. They come in and they they cut them down and they plant them behind themselves and they just keep moving. And it's horrible. I know. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. So. Yeah. Yeah. So here's to the world's rainforest. Here's to the world. We're gonna raise our glasses. Let's so clink. Let's clink. Let's clink. And there then do go. nothing about it. <laughs> Today is also National Onion Rings Day. Okay. <laughs> I knew you'd me. like this. Fried food holiday you love. <laughs> Do you know the first recipe for onion rings appeared in an 1802 cookbook? Called, it was called Fried Onions with Parmesan Cheese. I love the sound of that. <laughs> I've been wondering like, what to do with an onion. Like, I like onions. 
Yes. I love red onion. onions. Onions are very good. Red onion, cut them in, and put them in a thing and put them in the oven, a little bit of, uh, what do you call, salt, pepper, mm-hmm. uh, uh, balsamic. Roast them by themselves in an oven and take them out and eat them leap by. I love it. Yes. I fucking love it. I don't do much with things like batter and deep frying. Okay. I can't get pay- past the feeling of of deep frying that you use so much oil. Yes, I know, right? Like, and then what oil. do you do with it? It just seems like... Yeah, it's a waste. You just gotta dump it. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever tried to make onion rings? Um, I have uh, now. I have made onion rings without putting a gallon of vegetable oil into a pot okay okay so i have i have sauteed onion rings i have i have breaded onion rings with a typical like chicken breading okay yeah i, I tried made, to do it once yeah it total disaster it's a complete disaster <laughs> because for some reason onions don't give a fuck if you put egg on them they're not holding on to whatever you're trying to bread it with so yeah but batter uh i, I don't do much with you know, but i love me some onion rings. i love me all onion rings and those things they call onion rings those fast food joints are not onion rings that's not what we're talking those about. are onion ring substitutes and i'll eat every one of them oh yeah me too oh, uh, <laughs> yeah i will go out of my way to burger king because mcdonald's and wendy's does not have onion, onion rings. rings so yeah so let's cling to happy national onion rings day happy national onion rings i love this one this is good and lastly, today is National Kissing Day. Ew. Oh, this is why that stupid yes, homework yes, assignment Yes, 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 exactly. All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. Do you, yeah. know, do, do you know the longest kiss on record is 58 hours, 35 minutes, and 58 seconds set in Thailand in 2013? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you I, seem I, stunned by that news. It's just really long time yeah it's a really long time to not sleep yeah you can't sleep There's not eat i was looking at the rules i couldn't sleep no they could eat uh they, but they had to keep embracing as long as they kept in their embrace they were allowed to eat but i think it was like minimal with whatever they ate could they poop yes they could poop but they had to keep embraced so if he had to poop she had to go with him and, yep. and hug <clears throat> him while they poop yep yes this is some kinky shit they do <laughs> I'm not judging, I'm just saying I'm a little surprised, because 58 <laughs> hours is a really fucking long time. Yes, it is. But did you know, kissing releases endorphins, which tell your brain that it's happy. Can I tell you the truth? Yeah. Spit grosses me out. <laughs> like, like, oh God, okay. Spit grosses me out. Yes, yeah, so we've established that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're not a fan of kissing? Uh, I'm not. Ah. I'm not. Ah. I'm not very good at it. I think my tongue is too short. See, I've always been complimented on my kissing. You have no lips. <laughs> Where do they kiss? My tongue, they like. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I have tongue issues. I don't, I, a spit grosses me out. I'm sorry to hear It that. really does. It really does. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. That's a first. Okay. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment. Thank God. In which we turn your head and cough. <coughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wasn't sure if you were going to make it there for a second. I like to differ the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, this is a report that was published on Tuesday in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. People who failed a 10-second balance test of standing on one leg, on one foot, were nearly twice as likely to die in the next 10 years. Say that again. People who failed a 10-second balance test of standing on one foot were nearly twice as likely to die in the next 10 years. Set the timer. So we're going to time this right now. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yep. All right, so I'm going to do my right leg first. Okay. Okay. Go. (laughs) Two. 
Uh, this is very boring for the listening audience. Okay, do we, can we say 10 seconds? Yes, we can say 10 seconds. Yeah, that was my right foot. That's oh, now you're in your left foot now? now okay. Two, three, four. Okay, how many seconds I have to do that? Seven. Well, I notice how you're keeping your one foot against the other foot. That Maybe you should try well, what, doing what it What do you want to do? Okay, so I'll do it in Arabic. I'll yes. do an attitude. Do O to Grecian urn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an attitude on my left foot. Wait, so now I change my arms. Hold on. There you go. An attitude with my fucking... Okay. <laughs> I stood on each leg. Ten seconds. <laughs> so wait, that means I got another ten years added to my sentence? Uh, well, I guess you're not going to die within... It's not as likely that you'll die within the next ten years. Because you're able to maintain your balance. That's not good news. But yeah, it seems that um, they, they tested uh, 1,700 people between the ages of 51 to 75. The average age was 61. One in five failed the test. And did they die? I don't know. I guess they, the test was only done recently, so... But they're saying but there is a, some kind of a link, though, between your balance and your mortality. Okay. They just don't know what the link is exactly yet. Okay. But so now we're gonna see lots of people at home standing up there like for ten thing. seconds. Yeah. Well, not really lots. Let's not say lots. Okay, we won't say maybe lots. Maybe there'll be then. twenty. All right, maybe twenty. Twenty. But we now move on to our next segment. How many of them you think are gonna be in Alabama? I don't know. I'm. 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 <laughs> you have to get over Alabama. Alabama upsets me. <laughs> I ups, guess so. It, it really upsets me. I'm so proud of them, and I'm so upset with them. <laughs> But I love my bitches in Spanish Spanish Harlem. I love them. Glad. But the state itself is pissing me off. Just and Spanish fort pissing me. And that's Spanish fort. Spanish fort. Those are my booze. I'm talking about Alabama. That's in. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I don't like oh my god. Crazy. We're gonna move on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into my briefs. <laughs> And today's look is at a recent U.S. Supreme Court ruling on public funding for religious schools. Oh, dear. Yes, yes, yes. What happened was, in Maine, which is a very rural area, rural. the state allows families who live in towns that do not have public schools to receive public tuition dollars to send their children to the public or private school they're choosing. However, the program excludes religious schools. But a bunch of people who wanted to bring their students into the religious school objected and brought a lawsuit. And in a 6-3 decision, the court, in a decision written by Chief Justice John Roberts, said that Maine cannot exclude religious schools from a program that offers tuition aid for private education. He said that states are not obligated to subsidize private education. But once they do, however, they cannot cut out religious schools. Because Maine chose to allow some parents to direct state tuition payments to private schools, that decision was not forced upon it. Justice Stephen Breyer wrote a dissent saying that Maine wishes to provide children within the state with a secular public education. This wish embodies the constitutional need to avoid spending public money to support what is essentially the teaching and practice of religion. Justice Sonia Sotomayor wrote in a separate dissent, This court continues to dismantle the wall of separation between church and state that the, fra that the framers fought to build. Well, she's right. They're all right. Yeah. Well, my point of contention about this whole thing is that, according to the court, it's not a violation. It's a violation of the free exercise clause of the First Amendment to prohibit this religious school from getting this education program uh, funding under this program. Okay. 
But it's not a violation of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment to give public funds to religious schools that promote the exclusion and hatred and persecution of queer people. That's allowed, even though that's part of their religious beliefs. But that's allowed, it seems. Yeah, it does. And that's ridiculous. You're right. That's what's ridiculous. And that's what you're going to be seeing more of, this encroaching on queer people's rights at the expense of now religious liberty. Listen, if they're going to go after Roe v. Wade... Well, we know they are. They're going to have... The gays are going to be easy after Roe v. Wade to get rid of. No kidding. Okay, so once the Roe v. Wade wall is climbed, all bets are off. It's a caliphate. It's basically you go. You're now absolutely going to become a Christian-based nation, which to me is as terrifying as Afghanistan. Yeah, exactly. But I'll be dead. <laughs> So I, mean, I don't give a fuck. I think you got some time to go yet. Honey. I'm saying it's horrible. I'm saying it's you can't scream the Constitution in one hand and hold the Bible up as proof in the other. You, these things are, are are incongruous with each other. They can't be in the same room. But uh, I'm tired and I'm old and uh, I look straight, so that's okay. I'm white, so that's okay. I'm over fifty. So what does that mean? Well, it, it means is that an excuse not to do anything? No, it, no, 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 not at all. But when shit goes down, yeah, and they start coming after people, uh huh, I'll probably be dead by the time they get to people like me. I don't think so. I, I think I think it's gonna happen sooner than you think. And I think you're going to be around longer than you think. I think it's going to happen. I, I think it's going to happen sooner than you think. I think I agree with you. Yeah, it's bad. It's fucking bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah. Really bad. And it's going to get worse. Yep. But like I said, I mean, today's only Wednesday. I was, you know, because these decisions usually come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So by the time this comes out, I don't know what's going to be out on tomorrow from the court. We could have the Roe v. Wade decision. We could have the decision on the New York concealed carry law. Stay tuned. It's going to be bad. It's, Whatever it is, it's not going to be good. It's going to be it's bad. It's not going to be good, that's no. for sure. Now, not only do we got to rely on Roberts, who has been sort of a touch-and-go relationship anyway, but we need another one. Roberts is more of a stauncher conservative than most people realize. They I think because he's been siding with the liberal minority that he's not. But if you look at a lot of the early decisions, like in his decision on the when they approved the constitutionality of the American Health Care Act, when they ruled on that, and he wrote that decision. I gotta say, I and wasn't... I wasn't he's, he's a wily conservative. He really is. I, no, I believe that, because I remember being pissed off when he was appointed. This decision that you just read to me... Yes. Sounds reasonable. Not it sounds it, I don't agree with it. No. But it's it's it makes a reasonable point. Yes. Okay, which I understand. And I can I can now this is something Which is why I can now say I am against using public funds to, to fund any private school. If it's gonna come at the cost of having to fund religious schools, then I don't want any private schools receiving public funds. Why are they called private schools if they're receiving public funds? Do you know that I was horrified when I found out that the kids who go to the local high, Catholic high schools around here, mm-hmm. there's a day set aside. Yeah. I'm stopping because I'm wondering if it also has to do with homeschool people. They go to the local public school okay. that they would be going to okay. to collect their textbooks, okay. which are provided to them 
mm-hmm. free of charge, but by law, yeah. by the local board of education, that you're not attending. Yeah. You're going to the Catholic school. But you still have to meet the New York State education requirements, and so that may require the use of those textbooks. Which I believe it. Why ain't the Catholic school buying the fucking textbooks on their own instead of me having to now go to the public school and get, I'm going to get them from the public school, take them to the, take them to the, no, the Catholic high school needs to pay the publisher, the printer, the whoever supplies textbooks to people, the money. Why is that coming? Why are they getting that book's compliments of the... Like I said, why are private schools getting public funding? I'll tell you one more thing. I, you know? I don't mind private schools getting public funding. You know why? Because they pay taxes. I don't want the fucking religious schools getting public funding. You know why? They don't pay taxes. Yes, exactly. Tax a church. Tax a church and I will shut up. That's a whole other issue. Tax the church. Uh-oh. You know what that sound means? They're coming for me, bitches. It's time for the Week in Fascism. I don't think that sound is going to be liked by people who are driving. <laughs> Probably not. A lot of people, you said it before, wasn't it? I know, A right? lot of people listen to podcasts while they're driving. Yes. Yeah, I, that would be a scary sound. <laughs> Oh, well, too late now. I know, it's fucking done. <laughs> anyway, for this week in fascism, wow, nothing got more fascistic than the Re- Texas State Republican Party Convention. I stopped listening at fascistic. <laughs> is that a word? Yes, it is. Fascistic. Fascistic. F-A-C? F-A-S-C-I-S-T-I-C. I-A-S-T-I-C. Fascistic. M-O-U-S-E. And a partridge in a pitch. <laughs> okay, so yeah, this what they did over there. Uh, yeah, they their convention. You want to hear what? Oh, the convention. Their platform. Their platform. Oh, for fuck's sake. Their platform. Well, let me get to some of the really crazy stuff first before I even get to the gay stuff. It says it rejects bipartisan legislation to raise the minimum age to buy assault weapons from eighteen to twenty-one, saying that Texans under twenty-one are most likely to be victims of violent crime and thus most likely to need to defend themselves. It is anti-regulation of any kind. It supports allowing people to opt out of Social Security. It wants to reform the Communications Decency Act so as to limit the ability of privately owned social media platforms to restrict speech. It supports high-speed rail but should not be financed by taxpayer funds. It supports prayer in all public places. Federally mandated legislation that infringes upon the Tenth Amendment rights of Texans should be ignored, opposed, refused, and nullified. And what are the Tenth Amendment rights? The Tenth, the tenth Amendment says that all rights not specifically given to the government nor prohibited by the Constitution are hereby given to the people. Wait, you're going to have to break that down. I'm sorry. The, the platform says that they're going to what? So the platform says that any legislation that infringes upon their Tenth Amendment right, which I just said to you, okay, should be nullified. So... Anything that doesn't let the people decide as a group? They're basically saying that any legislation, any federal law that they don't like, they can consider an infringement of their Tenth Amendment right and nullify it or ignore it. Okay, this sounds bad. They also say all judicial rulings that include abuses of the Commerce Clause, General Welfare Clause, and Supremacy Clause should be nullified. The Supreme Court's jurisdiction should be restricted. It's against all lockdowns. It supports jury nullification. Withdrawal from the U.N., and opposes fluoridation of the water. Okay. <laughs> when I read that one, I started laughing out loud. Tell me again. Who, I was like, this is Dr. Strangelove. Who this is? 
This is the Texas State Republican Party. This is their party platform. So it's the Texas state, state the whole state of Texas. Yes. The Republicans. Yes. Or the regular Republicans, Ronald Reagan, okay, Republicans. Republicans. Government Republicans. Yes. Okay, not some weird offshoot. This is the state Republican Party. Don't take that tone. Well, you're acting like it's some out offshoot group, and it's not. That's the, what offshoot, I'm asking. the offshoot groups are now in control of the state Republican Party. Which was the point you wanted to make. So you should be thanking me instead of talking to me like I'm a four-year-old who pissed on your carpet. Well, you did. All I'm saying is that this is the Republican Party that you know and love for your whole life that's been there for the since the beginning, the Republicans. Yeah. Okay? They're now saying this shit. Oh, that's not all. No, there's more. Oh, there's more. I, uh, tell me more. Homosexuality, homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice. Okay. We believe there should be no granting of special legal entitlements or creation of special status for homosexual behavior. Hold on. Has sec- has has special access? Has special? Has what they're saying? Has that ever happened? No. What is it? No. What are the special things we want? It's the same things that everybody else wants. So equal, equal. rights and equal access to everything. Okay, you know? but that's special. That's considered special. Rights. And so illegal. And they so, also say we oppose any criminal or civil penalties against those who oppose homosexuality out of faith, conviction, or belief in traditional values. So if he comes and knocks the fucking headlights out your car, it's okay, because you're gay. I guess so. I don't know. They also say, we oppose all efforts to validate transgender identity for the purposes of attempting to affirm a person of age 21 or under if their perception is inconsistent with their biological sex. No medical practitioner or provider may engage in any way to prevent the national progression of puberty or to provide uh, opposite sex hormones or to perform any surgery uh, on an underage person. I'm of course, make... surgery on people under age is not allowed anyway. Anywhere. For... Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make a really... Oh, and they also support uh, conversion therapy and they oppose any attempts to ban conversion therapy. Really? And they also uh, oppose the Oberfeld decision, which uh, legalized same-sex marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's going to be everywhere. What yeah. are those two words you just said? Ogerman? Obergefell. That's the name of the decision. Obergefell? Yes. Obergefell. Yes, that's it. Be patient with me, Jesus you bitch. Obergefell is not a word that, first of all, I've ever heard, or that rolls off the tongue easily, and I'm trying to remember it because it's going to come up a lot. So when I hear... Oligifer, I'd like to be able to say, oh yeah, I don't like it. Okay? Let me ask you a question. Were you this unpatient, impatient, impatient, and horrible with the people from India and and Tennessee? The lesbian. They've never been here in the podcast with me. They reached out to you. They asked you for some some guidance and some yes. and some uh, person peoplehood to yes. be treated like a person. Yes. Uh, were you this impatient with them? Of course not. No. <laughs> you weren't. I, I like them. Okay. okay. Now I know. Anyway, we now move on to our next topic in the week of fascism. Fascism. The January 6th hearings. Oh. Did you watch the latest one earlier this week? You know what? I I, I watch the I, I look for the highlights and I wait for the things and I uh, I can't <clears throat> it's a lot it's it's a lot to commit to. It's early in the day. Yes, it is. It's early in the day. So I, I am paying attention to it, although I am not glued to it whenever it's airing. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think they are fucking slaying this. Well, the most compelling testimony this week, I thought, was from the two women campaign workers, the mother and daughter, this, uh, down in this Georgia, and how Matt, their lives have basically been ruined. Matt Sinise posted a, a picture today of a, of a t-shirt. What was her fucking name? The mother's name. Lady um, Ruby. Lady Ruby. Yeah. And she doesn't even want to go by that name now because well, she's, now afraid, she's, not, she's afraid of being attacked. Now it's famous. Now now, gay men are going to be wearing It's going to be all over the summer. Yep. Lady Ruby. Hashtag Lady Ruby, at Lady Ruby, whatever it is, Lady Ruby going to be everywhere. Yeah. Those two women, they, they were really, that was compelling testimony. <sighs> she was. I mean, it shows, you know, these aren't high politicians, government officials that you see on TV all the time. They're poll workers. That's all they are. She was doing it on her spare time you know, from work. They're yeah, they're volunteers. She talked her mother into doing it. Right? And now their lives been totally turned upside down. They don't want to go shopping. Right? Lady Ruby. And it was so funny because it was not funny. It's tragic and horrible. But when, I can't remember her name. She, 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 uh, the woman who actually gave the testimony. She was the poll worker who convinced her mother. Her mother is Lady Ruby. Right. And this this woman who goes by a nickname. I don't know. Okay. Okay. She don't want to go out in public because she don't want her mother by accident. This is how basic it got. If they're in the A and P, yeah. she don't want her mother Pulls by her accident calling yeah. her name yeah. out. I know. Right? Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, that's just... To, it's so these are the times we live in. It, but it's such a mundane activity. You're going shopping, like, and you're afraid your mama might call your name out and people will turn on you. Yeah, that's what people are afraid of now. It's fucked up, right? That is fucked up. Yeah, like I said, we're we're on the edge of political violence like we've never seen before. You know, my liver function is low, so. <laughs> But yeah, that's the story. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not there's too much more to say about these hearings no, right now. It's, it's just as we heard today, you know, the Department of Justice now is issuing subpoenas for all these people involved with the fake elector scheme. Well, they have to hold off the rest of the hearings because they have more evidence. Yeah, well, that, and the, yeah, the, com the committee got all this evidence of all these interviews that were conducted with Trump and his inner circle. So now they got to review all that testimony now. No, this this British guy who's a documentarian. That's what I'm talking about. He's right. the one who did the interviews. He was with them yeah. in the room <laughs> filming right on the day yeah so. are you are you insane where have you been a where have you been we're now hearing about you right i'm suspicious well i'm probably was keeping it quiet because he wanted to make money off of it i'm captivated that's what it probably was you know he probably don't forget remember that there was another documentarian who testified in the very first hearing he, he was subpoenaed he, yes. He was subpoenaed. Because, well, as a documentarian. Because he probably did not want to have his footage revealed before he made a film out of no, it. No, I think they lean toward reporters. And they want that same sort of... Oh, of course. To, protect, yeah. to protect their access, to protect their sources. The guy you're talking about, who 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 testified on the first day, yeah. he was embedded, I think, with, like... The Proud Boys. Proud Boys. Yeah. Okay? So this guy's in it. Like, he's doing undercover fucking film. Well, Undercover work. He was there legitimately making a documentary. But he, he, he didn't. They think he was one of them. No. Oh really? No. Oh really? No. Not at all. So then it's exactly the same thing as this British guy. More likely, he was subpoenaed also, and they they found when they found out about this, they subpoenaed his films. Okay. That's why you haven't heard about it until now. This guy how probably you, kept it quiet. How do you? Who who do you think told him that there was? Oh, who by knows? anybody could have told him. Oh, by the way, there was. Yeah. A camera crew 
in the room. Yeah, but supposedly, time. yeah, even other like Trump aides supposedly now have been caught off guard by this news. How how did they not know? I don't know. A camera crew is a it's gotta be three people, right? I I'm you got thinking. the guy holding the light, you got the guy pointing the camera, you got the guy holding the microphone. I, I don't know, Patrick. It and seems stay weird tuned. to me. It we'll seems find weird out more me. soon enough, I'm sure. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment, for which we have no intro or cue. We like to watch. Oh. Remember, you poo-pooed it, so we don't have anything for it now. We're not doing the poo-poo thing again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we need a sound cue for watching. Yes. That's odd. Yes, I know. All right, so what do we got? Anyway, what have you been watching this week? Oh, I prepared for this. (laughs) Okay. But I'm eating a cook. Yes, I noticed. I found this thing about a crime among the Amish. Okay. What's it called? I have no idea. Jesus Christ. It may well be called Crime Among the Amish. It would really help when you come to tell me about a show that okay. you have the show you're not, yes, you're, This is not the same thing as what I'm watching. This is, what are you watching? Oh, I, saw, I saw some shit about the fucking yes, Amish. Yes, but we're telling this to an audience that's listening to us. They may want to go listen to or see what the show is too. Therefore, it would help if you provided the information such as the fucking title. Okay, Boomer, are you done? Now I am. Now, here's the thing. I am of a crossover generation. What the what kind of bullshit is that? You don't really understand the internet. Oh, <laughs> oh really? You're, oh. You're, because you're too old. What, and it's okay. what does that have to do with not knowing the name of the goddamn show? Because the people who might be listening no, maybe. My God. That they could just Google it. Do I have to separate you two? No. Oh my no, God! No, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're Jesus good. Christ! We're good. You could you could just Google. Uh, you could just tell them the name of the show. And I would happily, but I don't know it. What channel is it on? It was on Netflix. Who was in it? Amish people. It was like a, it was like no, it was like a, it was like a Discovery Channel oh sort of documentary God. where they where they went and looked at crimes that happened among the Irish. So, Amish. folks, Amish. if you're interested in crimes among the Irish, look for the Amish. Crimes Among the Amish show Amish. now running on Netflix. Yes, you'll like it. It was good. There's a few weird ones. Any other shows that you've seen that you don't know the titles of? Um. Yeah, there was. Oh, I I'm trying to watch Stranger Things. Okay, it's taking more. I need to pay more attention to it than I'm willing to give it. And okay, that's a problem. What else? Yeah, we don't get into that show. Stephen doesn't like that one. I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Like over the past three years, I really enjoyed, it. and I really want to follow it. Can I just say, look at you see this? You know what this means? No, RuPaul. That's what this means. Okay, España. Uh, RuPaul Espana. Okay. We may have discussed this before. The pit crew. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm going to... Guys, get a pencil and, and you're going to write this down because it's some serious shit. RuPaul's Drag Race Espana Season 2. There is an episode called The Talent Show. But there's an... And this is why it's important to know episode. Uh, a season. Because there is a talent show in every season. This is Espana Season 2, The Talent Show. And you're welcome. It is the pit crew extravaganza of the world. Also, they have um, two the two judges. There are two male judges. They're called Dos Javis. Okay. Okay, so they're both named Javi. Yes. And they're a couple. Mm-hmm. And I can't decide. Okay. okay. One's tall and beautiful. And the other is short and mysterious. Ooh. With curly hair. So, yeah. RuPaul España. RuPaul España. And I have to pay attention because it's, it's a, uh, what do I want to say, subtitle. Ah. Because yo no hablo espanol. So. Ay Dios mío. Ay Dios mío. Hi, Dio! Yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, the that's what I've been watching. Cool. You asked. I'm glad I did. You want to hear what I've been watching? Sure. First, we watched this short little documentary film on Netflix called Perfect Bid, The Contestant Who Knew Too Much. Oh, is this the thing about the guy? This is about the guy and The Price is Right. He was kind of like obsessed with the show. And he basically figured out that they were on their big prizes at the end. That even not only those, but even the beginning prizes when you first do the bidding on them and stuff in The Price is Right. That they were repeating a lot of the items. So he started to le- memorize the prices of these items. Okay. Then they started adding, like, doing add-ons onto some of the items, so he memorized the values of those, too. So it's like counting cards. He ended up going to, like, 24 episodes of the show before he finally got on himself. Before he even got on, he became known out in the audience for yelling out the numbers to other contestants to help them win. Okay. And he became, like, a modest celebrity among the, the crowd and what staff and everything. I don't remember his name. Okay. But he finally gets on the show and he won a couple of rounds but he, he didn't get to the very end that's too bad but it was it was really interesting watching this guy do this and it was like you felt good watching right, right. this guy do this stuff yeah he worked it out <laughs> he was he helping other people out. win it was really amazing that's awesome I and like bob that. barker he went right along with it that but the show oh, did he really the show went along with it i thought initially they would have been pissed at him they went along with it well that's they're like they're like bob barker wants these people to win you know he wants them to win well well which is the right attitude because somebody like that is spending a whole fuck ton of time watching the prices right right can you tell me yeah right that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot of fucking that's time that's a lot Watching the prices right, but that was that was a really good documentary film. That's to me, like thir- maybe like thirty minutes to an hour long. It's not even that long. Okay, I could do that. Yeah, definitely yeah, good. I could do that. Then we're near the end of this series, which unfortunately Netflix is not going to continue after this one season. It's called Archive Eighty One. Oh, uh, sounds awful. It's no, it's really, really. It starts off as a found footage kind of thing, but it becomes a lot more than that. Uh, I like how your voice got lowered. Well, it does. It, be, it becomes part of this is it supernatural there's a murder mystery to it there, uh, there's a lot more to it because you're basically you're watching the story of this guy restoring this found footage and then you're watching the film that he's restoring okay and eventually there's a connection between him and this film you might as well tell me no no, no I'm not going to tell you because it's a really good show I unfor- I, I don't know no how the show ends watch it. Yeah, they should watch it nobody's really, really watching well it done. now that's why they cancelled it <laughs> And you will spoil our well, No, nope, I will not do that. Show. I will not do that. I respect TV viewers. Uh, uh, you're a full shit. But go ahead. <laughs> but I give it a big thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. Cancel. That's from Archive 81. You'll never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone forever. So can watch it now while it's still there. Netflix says no. But the best thing that I saw this past week and the best film of the year so far that I've seen. Okay. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Okay, hold on. Uh Uh-huh. What year was this film made? This year. 2022. Yes. 2022. Yes. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yes. The fuck does that mean? It's this amazing film that on one level is about a mother-daughter relationship. Who's the mother? Who's the daughter? Uh, I don't know the daughter's name. The mother's, uh, the actress's name is Michelle Yeoh, I believe. Okay. She was actually on Star Trek Discovery for a while. Okay, wouldn't matter. Okay, you wouldn't know her then. Go ahead. Excellent Asian actress. Really, really good. Good, and I'm so glad she got this movie. Okay. And like I said, on one level, it's about this mother-daughter relationship. But on another level, it's all about these 
Parallel Multiple Universes. What's the title? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Keep going. It is, it's an action movie. It's this family story. It's metaphysical. It is so many. It is. It lives up to its title, this movie. Okay. It is an amazing film to watch. I can't recommend it highly enough. Now, you keep referring to it. Yes. As a Film. Yes. Not this movie. No. I film, movie, same thing. Is it? Yeah. That's my question. It's the same thing. M- movie and a film is the same thing. Movie and a film is the same no thing. There's no quality differentiation. Not my not my vocabulary there isn't. All right, fine. I'm just catching. I just... You know, okay. All right. Because you continually ask film. Oh, okay. This movie in particular. Maybe I just prefer the word film. It could be. But I've heard you refer to other things as movies. I don't know. I haven't given the matter any thought. Okay. Imagine the people who are arguing over whether it's spelled... T-H-E-A-T-R-E or T-H-E-A-T-E-R. I don't even want to think about that right now. Okay, I know you don't. But that's where my head is. So go ahead. Go, go I think your head's somewhere else right now. Go ahead. What's the next topic? But anyway, Are that's, still on Pet the that's my highest recommendation is go see that movie. Watch Everywhere, it. I saw it, I saw it on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's still in the theaters, but it's definitely you can find it streaming. We pay, It was $19.99 for it. Well worth the money for What's it. What's the selling point? Who's the star? What, who's the director? They said the star. I already told you the star. Her oh, name's Michelle Yeo. Yeah. Yes, Yeo. I don't okay. know who the director is. Okay. There are two guys named Daniel. Because they go by Daniels. It says directed by Daniels. Daniels. Uh, is it, it's, a, it's a big budget thing or it's sort of... Uh, well, I would say it's big, but I mean, there are special effects in it and stuff. Okay. But there's a lot of, like, the her co-star, the guy who plays her husband... Is a formal like martial arts film star, and they brought him back for this movie. Okay, and both him and her are doing all this martial arts stuff, which is amazing. Okay, We're watching them do all this, it's, go see this movie. I can't recommend it highly enough. Everything it's that good. All at once. Yes, definitely watch it. Don't ask any other questions. Not yet. Just go. <laughs> Just go. Go okay. watch it. All right. And now you know I'm not going, right? Well, we know, but all you right. don't have to. You can watch it streaming. You. Oh. When was the last time you were in a theater? Actually, in a theater. Movie theater. A movie theater? A couple of years ago now. I and was it, in a stage theater earlier last week. Well, you, I, I have seen you be at live theater performances. Yes, but not I, in a movie theater. Uh, but not, and not filled theaters. No, no, some relatively small Not like a Broadway theaters. theater? Yeah, like, no, I haven't been to a Broadway theater, no. Would you go? I don't know, if I did with a mask. Do you know they're taking the mask option away? Yes, I know that. I still wear a mask anyway. You would wear a mask? Yeah. Okay. And, but you would go? Yes. To a movie? If I had the inclination to go into a movie theater, yes. But right now, I have the convenience of watching movies here at home. You understand why I'm asking, right? No. Okay. Why are you asking? No, it doesn't matter why I'm asking. Well, no, you brought it up. Now, why are you asking? Because it's a strange time, and I'm wondering, Broadway is now saying that that the mask option, that the mask will be an option instead of, what do I want to say? Demand is wrong. Mandatory. Mandatory. So now it's going to be optional instead of mandatory. Movie theaters, I've always been grossed out by. So, but, but is it like people are, are like, are they going to the theaters? Are they like... Well, they're obviously going to the theaters or the stage theaters we know. <sighs> yeah, which is good, I suppose. But, but they're not... The theaters we know are... Usually you got a space between your party and the next. Oh, yeah. And you go to Broadway, who are smaller theaters, the smaller buildings, narrower seats. Mm-hmm. You're literally on top of people, strangers. Yep. And uh, how does that feel? So I'm just asking. I'm just... Uh, just uh, My un- own unscientific survey of who the fuck is doing what. Okay. Now we know. All right. So, but you asked... 
Continue. Hey, I think we're going to move on to our next segment, which of course is people saying stupid things. God, Karen, you are so stupid. You say of course, like people are ticking off the segments that as way. they should be. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I didn't realize that. Well, we almost didn't have anyone for this segment. I don't do that. How you didn't have anyone? I didn't have all week. Thing. I had no one for the segment until today. That seems that seems unlikely. Yes, no. I know, but I, until today that I found someone for saying something stupid. Tell me. Most of our nominees, of course, have always been government officials. This one is a okay. former government official. Oh, okay. <laughs> he is the former congressman from Iowa named Steve King. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of him. He's a winner in my book. Yeah, you know, he's the guy who back in 2019 questioned why terms like white nationalists and white supremacists were offensive in yeah, the United yeah, yeah. States. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, he was he was out tweeting yesterday, and this is what he tweeted. I spent Juneteenth all day in the hot sun oh, Jesus. hoeing and pulling weeds and thinking about what it would have been like to have been a slave. No, you weren't. Steve. At the end of the day... I thought about what it would be like to be an aborted baby. I got to see the sunrise and the sunset. Okay. <laughs> so you had a good day, Steve, or what? Like, how was your day? What'd you do? I did a little hoe. I pulled some weeds out of the he backyard. He did some gardening. I was thinking about being a slave. What was like being a slave? He did some light. Then I had lunch. Gardening. After lunch, you know, that I was thinking about. You know, he wasn't what's like picking being strawberries. Baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he, he wasn't picking three. Oh, not only that. Tomatoes. I saw the sunrise and the sunset. And the sunset, <laughs> and it was good because it was good to be alive. And I saw the sunrise and the sunset. Uh, and I say, thank God I am not an enslaved dead baby. I thought about what it would be like to be an aborted fetus. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. I pooped twice. Right. You know, I had this fantasy that uh, I was with the Australian soccer team. Um, yeah. So what'd you do? The fuck? Shut up. Just shut up. Just go over there and sit down. You're trying to be artsy. Oh, my God. No, and, just... and you're trying to be political. Uh, go sit down. Shush. 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 To Steve King, we say... Stupid! You're so stupid! So stupid. Just unnecessarily. Yeah, that's a, that's a doozy, I'll tell you. You dug a hole. <laughs> You got into the hole and you you buried yourself in the hole. Like why would nobody asked you anything? I know. What was the context? What was the point of a random tweet? Yeah. Okay. Okay. First of all, this is probably fourth or fifth of all. Yeah, I'm sure. If he was able to think of all those things, he did not spend a slave's day in the field. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. That's A. I'll be back with B and C. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I think for a little relief, we need some Julie Andrews. For copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, these are packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> yes, it's time for our five faves. I refuse to participate in this. Oh, no, you cannot refuse. This is completely lame and ridiculous. No, it's not, it because is. 
Since today is National Kissing Day, I figure for our five phase, we should name our five favorite film or TV kisses. I don't have any. You don't have any? No, I you don't. Have, you're full of shit. No, I don't. I don't have any favorite kisses. You have no memorable kissing scenes that no, you recall? No, no. How come? Why not? Because... I'm not the one doing the kissing, so I don't intend to be the one doing the remembering, okay? It's not my kiss. Favorite screen kisses? Yeah. The fuck is the Seventeen magazine? No. Favorite screen kisses. I, I, the guy and the girl rolling on the beach is nice because the beach is nice. I, I don't, the fuck? You're just an old poop. Oh, Jesus. Five favorite screen kisses. Tell me about your favorite five screen kisses. I'm going to. Please. I will. Just don't ask me what mine are because... God. Because you're you're because you're just a... It's, curm- you're a curmudgeon. It's a ridiculous... You're a fluorescent topic. curmudgeon. It has not... <laughs> Go ahead. Continue, please, because the faster you get through your five favorite kissing scenes, which I can't wait to hear, by the way. Good. Tell me, number one. Number one. It's an animated film. Of course it is. It's the spaghetti thing with the two dogs. Exactly. Okay. Lady and the Tramp. Okay. Great scene. Have you ever tried to reenact that scene? No, but of course not. You don't like kissing. No, so I why don't. would you reenact the spaghetti scene from Lady and the Tramp? And I've never dated anybody who really liked so they were going really <laughs> to get that close to me. So, no, I never reenacted that scene. Aww. You and Steven do it every fucking Wednesday. <laughs> I know. Because it's Prince Spaghetti Day. <laughs> What's number two? Number two, the phone scene from It's a Wonderful Life between George and Mary. Okay. Uh, there's a flag up in this one. Why? Can you kiss over the phone? But they do kiss at the end of it. Okay, good. All right. After they have the whole back and forth with Sam Wainwright, and she's like, you know, he said, you know, he says it's a chance of a lifetime, and he goes like, I don't want to do being plastics, and I don't want to do this, I want to do what I want to do, and she starts crying. And before you know it, he starts crying. And before you know it, they start kissing and grab each other. It's a really touching scene. I believe it. It is. Yeah. Number three. Number three is from a 1973 episode of All in the Family. Okay. When Sammy Davis Jr. appeared on the show. Okay. I will give you this one. (laughs) I will absolutely give you this one. This was such a great, memorable scene. Yeah, this was amazing. In the episode... Uh, Sammy, Archie Bunker was driving his friend Munson's cab to earn extra money, and he rode. He drove Sammy Davis Jr. and Sammy Davis Jr. left his briefcase in the in the cab, so Archie took the the briefcase home with him. So Sammy Davis Jr. comes to visit the Bunker household, and of course is exposed to Archie and all his well, there may be glory. People, there may be people who don't know who the Bunkers are as well as we do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you say Archie Bunker, you're referring to a type of person more than even a character, although it began... Well, he began as a character, and he became an archetype. Uh, Yes, that's exactly right, and he is the racist, homophobic, white... Yeah. Not necessarily... Well, I would... Ah, white supremacist? No, not white supremacist. He was bigoted. He was was a man of his time. Yeah. As uh, the show progressed... He got better, but he was still he was an he was an uneducated man. You and know? he was confronted by 
a wife with the heart of gold who yes. loves everybody because she was just like a big giant to borrow an expression breast. She was just like everybody's mom. She was a, and she, and a daughter and a, and her husband who lived in the house. Who and they were hippies in the extremely beginning. Extremely hippies, hippies, you know. Yep. So this guy, this racist, homophobic, misogynistic, middle-aged white man. Became the most popular TV character in America at the time. But, because he was confronted <laughs> He was confronted from all sides of his life yeah. with things that were telling him uh, other things. I yeah. mean, he was not right. No, and, his 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 side, his belief was never validated in the but show. It, the, you know? the show itself used words like coon. Yeah, oh, it freely used Fans. all the yeah, it freely used all those terms. And as such, today it would be deemed unacceptable. Yes. It should be part of the educational process. It should people people who are uh, like going through a sensitivity. To, Archie Bunker is the the archetypical racist nationalistic. Okay, the funniest TV show I think ever in the world. Yes. Sammy Davis is on. He Archie Bunker. So he is comes into this racist, household, but he's a star fucker. And he's like he's exposed to Archie and everything. And then finally he's getting ready to leave. And Munson shows up with a uh, camera to take Sammy Davis's picture. And Sammy Davis is like, "Wait, no, I got a great idea for a picture." And he poses with Archie and he counts down to three. And at three, he turns and kisses Archie Bunker. And Archie's face just drops. I think I... <laughs> it's uh, it's hysterical. Yeah. And then Sammy just stops and he leaves. Turns and around that's like, it. And it's an exit line. <laughs> he leaves on laugh and applause. Yeah. And Carol O'Connor was brilliant. Brilliant in that. He, um, and it's it would never be made. They couldn't make that show today. They could never make the show today. They couldn't make it. They couldn't get it. No. No. Nope. No way could they make the show today. And, and not only hilarious, but I think it was important. It was. It was, it was he, an important show. Archie Bunker had a problem with a blood transfusion that he got from a black nurse. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's how bad this guy was known to be on TV. They showed this to us on television. Yeah, right. And then how the people around him responded to it. How the nurse responded I remember to the it. episode when they had a draft dodger over oh. during a holiday dinner. And, oh, that was some episode. Wow. That, yeah. Back then, it was to be, you know, the end of the Vietnam War and a lot of strong feeling about that, and especially about the people who evaded the draft. But that's what that's what the genius of what's-his-name was. Norman Lear, the creator of the show. Is that he didn't only go after, not that he went after, he just exposed. He brought up these topics that people wouldn't normally talk about, and now we're talking about them because of All in the Family. He, you yeah. know? Okay. But that's you and me. We're 100. But I mean, you're saying even back then. Well, it was different back then. I don't know. Like, what was it that was so different? But he was able, well, it was before Reagan, but he was able to like put on television not only how ridiculous this guy is, yeah. but how seriously he takes this idea that the liberals, because as I remember in that episode, Mike and, Mike and Gloria were his hosts. They invited this yeah, guy over. they invited the draft dodger over. Okay, so they were like, they were defending, like, but, but, but the draft dodger didn't look so good. Like, Archie... Well, everything was bad because there was another guy there who was a war vet, who was, I think, a veteran, or he lost his son in the war. That's what Norman That's what he did. lost his son in the war. And he, and he actually embraced the draft dodger. He said, yeah, Norman Lear let, I think he let the truth be seen. And it wasn't always, if it was difficult for the liberals to hear, didn't stop him from doing it. Oh, God, no. Definitely didn't. Anyway, on to my, what, fourth choice now, an obvious one, Will and Jack on Will and Grace. When they kissed on when the they television. they kissed on the Today Show. Yeah, yeah, the Today Show, yeah. That was a great moment. Great, funny moment. So yeah. because Will took the initiative on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
It seemed kind of on the nose to me. Of course it was. It was, but it, it, it was a true comment, though. I mean, we think about... When I think about Melrose Place, and they had this one character, the gay character, and he's just about to kiss a man. Cut away. I mean, cut away yeah. to someone else's reaction to it. Well, it's like, come on. I, I want to see a homosexual kiss on network television. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, like... Oh, uh, I don't think we could do that. And turn Jack's head and kisses him as he's right behind Wilford Brimley. No, not Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Al Roker. Al Roker. <laughs> um, and so they they know they're he knows they're in the camera shot. So so he kisses him, and this is now the first gay kiss on network television. Yeah, and yeah, and, was... and now let me ask you a question: Was the kiss <clears throat> was that kiss really the first heterosexual? No, kiss? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were earlier ones. And I said heterosexual. Yeah, you meant homosexual. I meant homosexual. Yes, but I'm sure there were earlier ones. I just don't know who it was. Okay. But my final choice is a movie we actually discussed. I think last week or so, In and Out, when Tom Selleck kisses Kevin Klein. Okay. You never uh, saw the movie? Uh, no, I did see the movie. Okay. The case I'm not remembering. You don't remember when Kevin Klein's like flipping out and Tom Selleck goes to him? You know what you need? Oh, and okay. Hands him by the head. Yeah, okay. And <laughs> This is Kevin small... Klein's legs like going all like wraps himself around Tom Selleck at one point. The small town English teacher. <laughs> yes, is out in Streisand fan. Yeah, outed on national TV at the Academy Awards. Okay, and his wife, who's that brilliant Joan woman? Cusack? Joan Cusack, played fiance. What, what a fantastic! No, I'm sorry. She, she in a wedding dress, sitting at a bar. <laughs> Come on, Joan Cusack. She great, great, great. That was, that great was a great movie for her. Yeah, she I really was amazing in right. that movie. Yeah, she really was. She like she really and and the movie had Tom Selleck and Kevin Klein and it had all sorts of people in it. Great, Pete, great cast and Jimmy Reynolds, Wilford Brimley. Well, I think, I, but I think that Cusack woman was she, was, she stole like it. lying in the middle of the street in a wedding gown? Yes, like at one point. Yeah, come on. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Okay, so yeah, I, I remember that. He took him by the head and he kissed him and how far far he was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, that's my five faves. That was fantastic. That was quite a walk down memory lane. That was quite a, sl- uh, a slip of saliva there that we discussed. So now that you've heard all that, does that strike up for you any memorable kissing scenes? No, not a one. God. And well, five of them. It just, it just, it just five. The one they used to say, but like, no. Like, no. Like, I, first of all, they're all straight. No, they're not. Yeah, they're mostly straight. In and out, it's not. In and out, it's not straight. I don't know. What's her name? Tramper dogs. Yeah, yeah, which is cute. <laughs> Notice I got that one before you went too far. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have anything to add to this conversation. The, actually, there this conversation know. has been way too long. My oh, suggestion really? to you only played the top. Of the yeah, I got a suggestion for you. Get off my lawn. Yeah, I know. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn. Okay, I heard you, bitch. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old game and gripe of the week. So I go, I go today I go to restaurant. I, okay. to I also happen to have to go to the liquor, the liquor wholesaler. Okay. And also, beforehand, before I did it, I went to the beer distributor. So I go to I go to do all these things. I have help, and we go to the one theater, and then we have to go to the other theater. Now it's studio theater, the Manus, down in Lindenhurst. Lindenhurst is a known parking nightmare. Okay. So I have to double park in front of the place and unload what I okay. And sometimes I take longer than others. Right. So I come out, and this guy is screaming at 
the girl who was helping me, Sabrina. Okay. Okay. She's a 16 year old girl. The fuck are you doing yelling at Sabrina? Okay. So now he starts yelling at me because I'm double parked and I block him in there and it happens all the fucking time and it's been 15 <laughs> minutes and whatever, whatever, whatever. And okay, I'm double parked, but I'm unloading. Keep, see, I'm on. Okay. In this particular place, I sometimes have uh, unloading means distributing things on two different floors. Okay. Okay, so there's an elevator, there's time that uh, it takes a little longer. But I'm double parked and my my flashes are blinking and I'm open and I come out and he's yelling at Sabrina and what the fuck and holy shit, I'm sorry, I left my car here. Like, uh, come into the building and say, could you use your, could, could you move your car? And uh, okay, so so then Mike, who's my boss, who is an ex cop and uh, what, what do I want to say, 9 11 first responder? Like, he's all this cop kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, side note a serial, I'm listening to the Long Island Serial Killer podcast. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Eight months ago. Okay. Okay. All of a sudden, I hear his fucking voice. Mike Blanger 40, he's, he's, he's commenting as a New York City detective on what the Long Island, what the Suffolk County Police Department did during the investigation. Okay. Okay. The fuck? I'm trying to go to sleep, my boss. Okay. Anyway. So, so Mike Blanger 40 comes out. So he's just copying that. He's confronting this guy because now this guy is, I'm about to confront this guy with, you're yelling at a 16-year-old girl about moving the car. Right. Okay. Okay. Relax. I'm going to move the car. Hey, I'm going to have it towed and 15 minutes and every fucking hour, all the fucking time. And uh, Okay. So Mike comes out and now he beats the cop. Okay. And he takes care of it all. I, I unlock the car. I put Sabrina in the car. I, I tell Sabrina. I, was, I turn the car on. Uh, and I said to Sabrina, I'll be right back. Okay. I get out the car and I go over to where my... Because now I've caused this. I'm not about to just get in the car and drive away and leave Mike fucking dealing with car for that, Because that's a dick move. Right? So I go over and I stand. And Mike has... Now, this guy seems to be like, like much more submissive and moving into his car. Okay. But not yet willing to give up. So he yells, well, why isn't the fucking car moved? So Mike looks at me and he says, move the car. So I get in the car and I close my door and I and I go move the car. I drove away. Okay, that's what he told me to do. You know. So, but it was like it was like a bro moment. Like I like I couldn't just get in the car with Sabrina the first time and drive away and leave him standing there fighting. Okay, I had to. Him telling me to drive the car away was the perfect excuse to drive away and hide my head under the sand. Okay. Uh, he took over. And once he took over, he, like, became the cop thing. And, like, I heard the guy said, hey, you're getting a little too close to me. And it turns out Mike, like, backed him up into his car. I don't know. It was, it was, what are we doing? Gripe of the and, week? and how did that make you feel? I, as stressed. Did you saw how I was when I came in here tonight? Yes, I did. That was how it made me feel because I drove from that experience to this house. Okay. I stopped and got gas okay. and nicotine. But yeah, so uh, that, like, fucking people, like, I have to unload this shit. Okay. The building, you know the building. Yes, I do. There's only one way into that fucking building. Yes, there is. Okay, I got to go through the front of the building. If you want me to park along the street, it could be 300 yards before I get to the fucking building I gotta unload shit and move it. Now, come on, let me just unload it right here. I'm only gonna be a couple of minutes. I'm double parked. Anyway, that's my grind. Fucking relax. I double parked. Where were you going? How late did I make you to what? You know? Yes, I do. I mean, it's annoying. Double park, just you're blocked into a space. I know. Come into the building or sit at the car and beep the horn. You gotta yell at a 16 year old girl who, not for nothing, could have taken this guy out. But uh, you gotta yell. Like, 
The fuck? I don't know. That's my... I don't have a gripe this week, and frankly, even if I did, I, I couldn't follow after that. I had plenty. That epic saga I had of a gripe that you it just related to us. You know what it was? What? What? You know what it was? What? It was my Karen experience. Okay. But with a really pissed off Long Island Italian. <laughs> it wasn't a Karen. It was a Kevin. Okay. Yeah, that was it. And I didn't film it. Wow, amazing. That was my... Oh, man, that was bad. Because it was directed at me. I wanted to see Karen pissed off at somebody else. Okay. Like the cashier or somebody. But it didn't happen. No, it was at me. Okay. Michael saved me. Okay, go ahead. It was a lot, is what I'm saying. It was a lot. I had gone through the... I I did all this running. I did the shopping. I was through that. And then this guy at the end of my day yelling at the woman, at the girl who's helping me uh, for $40 I got to be... What are you yelling at this girl for? Go ahead. We now, thankfully, come to the conclusion of this week's episode. Just as I have come to the conclusion (laughs) of this week's bottle. (laughs) Perfect timing. I want to thank my husband and our producer, Stephen Prendergast, for all that he does, including his supplying us with chocolate chip cookies. He brought them in the room. Yes, he did. That's... I'm rebelling against Stephen. Why? Because I don't have rebelling? an email address. Well, you talked to him about that. That's not that was department. That was it. That was the whole thing. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, go ahead. Anyway, don't forget to follow us on our Facebook and Twitter feeds, where we're still celebrating Pride Month for the rest of the month. All month. And, of course, we have our website, GrumpyOldGameMenAndTheirDogs.com. Anybody where you can... go there? Yes, they do. We have quite a lot of traffic there lately. They talk to us? They don't talk to us, but they Aside go from the, the two dicks who had the argument with the thing. Well, well that was on I... Twitter, the Twitter troll. Oh, that yes. was Twitter. That was on Twitter. I seem to respond more to us on Twitter. Yes, Did you did. notice that? Yes, I did. I don't know why that is. I don't know why either. <laughs> but anyway, if you go to our website, you can find all of our episodes, plus our bonus material. This brings us to the end of our episode. You're 60. I just want to say, have a good week. It's 10.30. Have a good life. We'll see you sometime next week. If I don't strangle Tommy first. Oh, I'll be here, bitch. Yo, I'm sure you will. I'll be here. I may die soon, but it's not going to be at your hands. Yeah, you'll be the walking dead. No, you don't understand. (laughs) You don't understand. It's not going to be by your hands. Anyway, that's it. Go home. We're done. Good night. Good night, bitches.